It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Film Festival Radio Show. This is our podcast edition here, and it's Saturday. Yes, October 10th, and we're happy to have you on board, as always. And, you know, you can reach us, info at filmfestivalradio.com. We'll be happy to answer and reply back to you anything we can do for you. We're here. We're here to do that. So hopefully you're having a good Saturday and a good weekend. And we are doing pretty well ourselves, watching a lot of college football. That's one of our favorite pastimes, especially during college football season. Uh, Man, did anybody see the OU-Texas game, the uh, Red River Showdown? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's already a rivalry. But today's game was spectacular. So if you, you know, DVD art or whatever, you, if you recorded it, go back and watch it. It's just worth it. Okay, we're going to, before we get to our guest for today, who is a sports-related guest, I'll tell you more about that shortly. We got some auditions. We got a couple of auditions for you. I think you will be more than interested. Somebody out there will be interested in both of these auditions. Okay, our first audition is this one. A major cable television network, uh, they're looking nationwide. They're casting people who are needing weight loss revision surgery, bariatric surgery. Maybe you had bariatric surgery and you had some issues with it or people who have had plastic surgery that did not go right. Cosmetic surgery that that didn't go right or weight loss bariatric surgery that did not go right. So they are looking, the producers of this new uh reality show that they're putting together, Major Cable Network. They're looking for people with those types of problems. And they're looking uh, all over, all over the nation. They'll be, uh, you will be, if you're selected, you'll be working with an elite team of bariatric and cosmetic surgeons. Oh, okay. You got to, you have to live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I just saw that. So again, they're looking for people who live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So if you live in the DFW area, this might be for you if you need the weight loss revision surgery or cosmetic surgery that needs to be redone over again. They have an elite top team of those types of doctors who will help straighten your situation out. But you've got to live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In addition to those types of surgeries. They are also open to people who have very unique medical stories that pertain to extreme weight loss and skin tightening. So maybe you lost a lot, a lot of weight and you need, you got a lot of loose skin. Uh, they That will qualify you as well. So again, if you live within driving distance of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 
or in Dallas-Fort Worth, driving distance, uh, Waxahachie, Tyler, Texas, um, you, you know, Terrell, Texas, all of the driving within the driving area. of. I used, I'm from Dallas. I know these areas. But anyway, this could be for you or maybe is somebody that you know driving distance or someone that you know who might fit the bill for this type of uh, show. If you know of someone or maybe it's you, what you need to do is this is the information you need to email your medical insurance provider, a short bio about yourself and your situation, explain the issue uh, of what's going on, why you need the surgery, what happened, and some recent photos of yourself uh, so that they can see this. And you need to send that information to this email address, Meredith at crybaby-media.com. That's Meredith spelled M-E-R-E-D as in dog, I-T-H at cry, I cry, crybaby-media.com. Meredith at crybaby-media.com. You send that information to the producers and if they like what they see, like what they read, they will set up a call to chat with you about uh, the whole, you know, possibly being on the series and your whole weight loss journey. They'll get more details from you by phone if they like what they see. And again, you need to send uh, your contact information, which is your name, uh, your telephone number, city and state. Well, you need to live in Dallas, Fort Worth or cities, little towns surrounding Dallas, Fort Worth, your medical insurance provider, a short bio about yourself, explain your issue, what's going on with you and some recent pictures and send that to Meredith at crybaby-media.com. And who knows if you are selected, the producers will call uh, if they like what they read and like what they see. And if, if so, you might get selected. You never know. Or somebody that you know. Okay. So here is our second audition here. There is a new TV series uh, coming to a cable network near you. And they are looking, the producers are looking for true crime stories. Yes. This is one of those shows when emotions of the heart take over and rational thinking just walks out the door. Huge mistakes. You know, a lot of people who are serving time or who have served time behind, you know, crimes or passions of the heart, as they call it. Uh, goodness. Yeah, we've all been there. We didn't commit any crimes, but we've been there. Um, but, you know, huge mistakes happen. So if that is your situation, so again, they're looking for stories, situations of crime of passion, or maybe you've been the victim of a crime of passion. They want to hear your story. Uh, now they don't want people who have killed someone. Okay. That's highly noted here. Don't want that. Okay. This is the list they want. If you've been a scorned partner or lover or ex, maybe you were blinded by love. Maybe, maybe you had a, a feud with a neighbor and it went south and went bad. Uh, parents taking competition between their kids too far. Um, custody battles. Uh, maybe you were caught up in some kind of crazy jealousy type relationship. Acts of desperation, just being obsessed 
with someone. That's what they're talking about. You know, crimes of truth. They want this true stuff now, true crimes stories. And again, no killing, murder. No, no, not having it. They're not looking for that. So this is what you need to do. You need to contact uh, by way of email, send a brief summary of the story of what the situation is, your crime of the heart uh, situation, crime story. Send a brief summary of the story with your name and your contact information. And you need to email that information to caroline at cpmcasting.com. Okay. Uh, that spells C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E at C as in cat, P as in paper, M as in Manny, casting.com, caroline at cpmcasting.com. And once again, big footnote, the producers are not interested in stories involving murder or any type of violent crimes. Okay. Now I read the list of the type of stories they're looking for. So scorned partners, ex-lovers, blinded by love, maybe feuding with the neighbors that went bad, parents uh, being very competitive and taking it too far, uh, your custody battles with an ex about the kids, or maybe you were caught up in jealousy in a relationship or marriage, just acting desperate. Ooh, us women are really desperate about that kind of stuff. We do crazy stuff like that. Uh, being obsessed with someone, just but again, no violent, no killing. Okay. So if that's you, you've been through something like that, or maybe you know of someone, you might make it and get on this show because a major cable television network is uh, going to have a reality show with this type of genre, a topic of a, a TV show. show. Okay. If you need to reach us to get the information again, we will do that. Once again, our email address is info at filmfestivalradio.com. And we just write us and we'll, we'll send it all to you. Okay. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we will have our first guest here on Film Festival Radio Show. Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone will be right back after this. This is Drew and Jonathan Scott, The Property Brothers, and you are listening to Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone. Anyway, uh, my next guest is an award-winning journalist. He is a New York Times best-selling author. His name is Ben Ryder, and he wrote the, again, New York Times best-selling book, Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All. And of course, that book uh, beautifully and just in-depthly profiled the uh, the Houston Astros 2017 World Series win, their victory. And we are still, of course, we're still in baseball season and the Astros are still pretty much in contention for their division and along with the rest of the team. So yeah, we're still in the baseball season here. So... If anybody knows about the Houston Astros, it is me, moi. I grew up in Houston uh, for years, all through my childhood. The Houston Astros were the worst team in baseball. Yeah, it was like a running joke. But then, but then something magically happened and they went from worst to best. And in 2017, they 
became the winners of the World Series. But, um, well, not so much. A funny thing kind of happened along the way, and I think you Dodger fans know what that is all about. We'll get more into that later. But Ben Ryder has a brand new podcast that just premiered earlier this week. It's called The Edge, and it's a sports documentary podcast. The first two editions of the podcast have already dropped, uh, and the next set will be dropping in a few days. We'll ask Ben more about when those uh, will take place. But the first set of podcasts are about the Houston Astros, the whole scandal and the cheating scandal of them winning the World Series. Now, if anyone is is more than uh, qualified to explore this whole subject matter, it has been because he had unprecedented uh, access to the team uh, before they won the World Series and he got to know everybody and he was covering the team in so many ways. He wrote uh, Sports Illustrated uh, cover stories about baseball, about the Astros, and just very, very in-depth information uh, about the whole scandal and the Houston Astros. So again, the new podcast series is called The Edge. It is available on Apple Podcast. It's just a few days old. It just started. And they're going to have a lot of really serious, uh, in-depth sports topics that will be explored. The way it kind of sounds to me is kind of sort of like the 30 for 30 style, which I love so much. But anyway, Apple Podcast has the edge. Go tune it in, listen to it. Especially if you're a baseball fan, you will definitely love this. And you can also drop Ben a line. Tell him what you think about his new podcast, what you think about what he has to say on my show here. In a few minutes, we'll bring him on. His uh, contact, you can go at Ben Ryder. And his last name is spelled R-E-I-T-E-R, at Ben Ryder. And let him, maybe you have his book, Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All. If you already have his book, drop him a line, tell him what you think of the book and also uh, about his new podcast. So let's bring on Ben Ryder. I can't wait to talk to him to jump into this Houston Astros uh, scandal. I mean, let's face it, baseball is dull. Yes, it is. But it seems like the Astro scandal has just made it all livened up again. It is. It's baseball. I know baseball, Apple Pie, Chevrolet, but baseball is dull. You guys know it is. It's fun, but it's dull. So let's bring on Ben right now and talk about his uh, a new podcast and the first episodes that are airing right now. So let's bring him on now. Janet? Yes. Hey, we're on with Ben. All right. Hi, Janice. How are you? Hi, Ben. I'm doing great. I have really been looking forward to chatting with you, Ben, because I grew up in Houston, more than familiar with the Astros. In fact, one of my first jobs was working as a tour guide at the Houston Astrodome and seating people uh, during Astros games. So, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I just want to bring everybody up to speed here. Uh, You have this new sports documentary podcast titled The Edge, 
and oh my goodness if you're a sports fan it looks very exciting i understand that the first two episodes have already dropped so when is the next one coming out right well the first two dropped uh, today october 7th janice and the next one comes out a week from today so that'll be wednesday october 14th and then they'll come uh, weekly thereafter until it's done okay well now uh one of Remind our listeners that you are an award-winning journalist, a best-selling author, um, one of your bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers, Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All, which profiles uh, those pesky Houston Astros and their 2017 World Series victory. Uh, I understand that you, in 2014, you did a Sports Illustrated cover story that predicted that they would win. Let's start with that. How did you come to that great prediction? Well, as you remember, Janice, the Astros were just a bad team back in 2014. Over the previous three years, uh, they were the worst team in half a century. Yes. Losing 106, years, 106 games, 107 games, and then 111 games. So like everybody else, uh, I was curious about what was going on down in Houston. I didn't know all that much about them. I knew that the general manager, Jeff Luno, had a really good reputation coming over from St. Louis. I knew that they might be up to something different, uh, but I didn't know exactly what it was. So I negotiated with the team for a long time to allow me to come down and embed with the front office for a few days uh, to see for myself. The only thing I promised was, I'll come in with an open mind, right? Everybody else is calling you the disasters, the trash shows. I want to see what your plan is, if there's a plan, and if it seems like something that can work. So I spent several days uh, sitting in on meetings. This was around the time of the 2014 draft. And I came away with the feeling that not only did they have a plan, it was a very good plan. It was a plan that seemed new to me. This was way beyond Moneyball. This was blending an analytics-heavy approach with the human factor to get the best out of both man and machine. And it seemed like something that would work. So I wrote a 5,000-word story for Sports Illustrated about it. Um, it ended up on the cover with a prediction that this terrible team would win the World Series three and a half years later in 2017. And, you know, against the odds, they did. So, okay, we're going we're gonna to park the 2017 World Series for a minute. I'm, I'm going to go back to it. But let's talk about right now. Here we go. We're 2020, October, and the Astros are, are in contention again. I mean, what do you think about this season, even though this has been a, a quirky sports season for everybody? So, so what, are you, what are you looking at and think about them now in this season? <laughs> right. Well, as we know, and much of the focus on the podcast, is about something that I didn't know and nobody knew was going on uh, throughout 2017, and that was their sign-stealing scheme, right? Obviously, as anybody who's followed sports knows, this has significantly tainted their story. Uh, it tainted their entire process. It's, it's, in fact, tarnished their World Series ring. Um, one of the tragedies of the whole thing, one of the things that I explore in the podcast is you know, we don't know what would have happened in 2017 uh, if they hadn't illegally stolen signs, right? Like, they were still a very good team. Arguably, they were still the most talented team in the league, but we don't know if they would have still won the World Series against the Dodgers. You know, you can't go back and replay that. 
I think what this season is confirming on some level is that they are still a talented team, that the program still had a lot going for it as far as building uh, a potential winner. Now, you look at what they've done in the postseason, obviously they had a bit of a tough regular season, but they've won their first four games. Um, they've won them pretty convincingly, and they've won them without their best pitcher, Justin Verlander, their closer, Roberto Asuna, and some would say their best hitter in some ways, probably their best power hitter, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, so, you know, does this show that the Astros are still a formidable team, even playing clean as we have to think they are? I think it might, but that still doesn't necessarily affect the history of them that we have, and, you know, we'll never have that answer. Well, there are a lot of people, I know you've read and heard about all of this, people were saying, hey, sign-stealing in baseball, football, I mean, that's been going on for decades. So, what is it, I heard one announcer, analyst, I should say, say that with the Astros, it was such a well-detailed, complex, high-tech, in some ways, uh, sign-stealing, so... Okay, with that in mind, yeah, sign-stealing has been going on a while. So what made this one just so outrageous? Is it because they won the World Series or, or what? That's a big question, Janice, uh, that I addressed throughout the series. What was different about what the Astros did? Because it was different. You know, the, the first recorded instance of sign-stealing happened in 1876, and sign-stealing itself, is not illegal in baseball, never has been, still isn't. What is illegal is using devices to do it, whether that's ah. technology, you know, binoculars are illegal, anything other than your eyes. Clearly, that's what the Astros were doing here uh, with their trash can banging scheme based off of a video feed that went behind the dugout. They kind of took it to a level, as far as we know, that no other team did, at least in recent history. And there's also a change in that doing this was explicitly illegal. You know, it wasn't always the case that devices were banned by the commissioner's office. They were at the time that the Astros were doing it. So yes, in some ways they were following a long tradition in baseball history. You know, the phrase goes in baseball, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's been kind of a slogan that people have said forever. But there is simultaneously this sense that like with so many things, uh, the Astros simply took it farther than anyone else had. And there's also the fact that we know about it. So that contributed to uh, to the outrage as well, combined with the fact that, yeah, this team won the World Series, and now we'll always know that that World Series was tainted. Of course, again, as you know, it was so many people, especially Dodger fans, they wanted the Astros to forfeit and give the the, the series ring title, <clears throat> excuse me, championship back. Where did you stand on that? Should they have given up the title and given it to the uh, Dodgers or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no chance that the Astros were going to voluntarily give up the title. <sighs> it's a tough one. You know, again, you can't go back and play counterfactual. The commissioner, Rob Manfred, said something that turned out to be pretty controversial in the middle of all this when he referred to the World Series trophy as a piece of metal, right? And he said, you know, you can't go back, like, what does a piece of metal matter? A lot of people got mad at the commissioner because they said, well, you're disrespecting the World Series. But what he was really trying to say is you can't change history, right? Like, you can't just say, oh, if they weren't doing this, they would have lost, so therefore history would have been different. 
Um, the only thing that you can do realistically is to further legislate against it. Obviously, the Astros received significant punishment, especially in the figures of Jeff Luna, the general manager, and A.J. Hinch, the manager, who are still serving their suspension, and try to uh, strengthen the rules against this and move on. So, in the annals of the history books, should it have, should it be ever printed, Houston Astros World Series champions 2017 and an asterisk behind 2017 or what? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I've never been somebody who thinks that putting an asterisk like that in a history book is really that meaningful. What I really think is important is to find the truth of exactly mm -hmm. what happened, why it happened, and what it means. And that has exactly been my mission since I've been making this podcast. You know, mm -hmm. this is what I've been doing. This is what I've devoted my life to really for the better part of 2020 at this point. And here we are in October, and it's finally coming out. It was a bit of a personal mission for me, given all the time I'd spent reporting on this team in the past, and also a journalistic mission to figure out what did I miss, how did I miss this, um, and how can I tell the story right. Uh, I think, personally, that's the right way to handle it. If we really increase the public's understanding and get to the bottom of the story what of what happened here, that to me is a lot more meaningful than any asterisk in a record book or lack thereof. Well, of course, we want everyone to tune in to your uh, new podcast, The Edge. Hint, hint. Uh, but, okay, just in a, in a little teaser, what is the truth with this scandal? And, and whose idea originally was this? <laughs> Well, I don't want to give away uh, all of the podcast, uh, Janice. We'll get into that uh, as the series goes on. Um, but look, this was not a situation in which one person did this, one person bears the blame. It's a confluence of many, many factors that created this historical moment, right? It's a matter of the history of science dealing in the game. It's a matter of the specific players. Uh, the specific people in the front office who came together in Houston, uh, the organization's culture and philosophy played into it. I think it's, the truth is that it was really a perfect storm of many factors, any one of which, if you took, if you removed it, perhaps this wouldn't have happened, but in fact it did. And so, Ben, how did this scandal, even though it's baseball, how did this affect other professional sports? Well, uh, I'm not sure. You know, sign stealing in one way is pretty specific to baseball. Of course, in football, we've had Spygate with the New England Patriots. A lot yes. of people are now saying, oh, the Astros are just baseball's version uh, of the Patriots. I guess what I'd say is one of the implications, and it goes really beyond sports and into our society as a whole, are the unintended consequences of better and better and more and more powerful modern technology. Because this is really a story of technology. It's really a story of uh, people allowing technology or using technology to go much further past lines or much further over the edge, as the case may be, uh, than they could have before. And maybe in some cases, then they even really grasped how significantly they were doing. So uh, I would say that that is something that all sports, We'll have to grapple with how do we integrate all these fabulous new technologies, whether they're video technology, 
player tracking technology, medical technology, et cetera, uh, and still maintain the fairness and sanctity of our game. And as I said, this isn't just something that people are grappling with sports. We're seeing that as an issue all over the place. How disliked are the Astros by Dodger Blue fans? <laughs> well, look, for a long time, and this is a it, for a long time, baseball has had this sense that, oh, you know, we need to get some rivalries going. The Yankees-Red Sox rivalry has lost its, lost its kind of its venom a little bit. Uh, you know, we need to give fans something to grab onto, that human cop, that human story. Well, this season, even though there are no fans in the ballpark, baseball has its villains, and I suspect they'll have their villains for the next several years. Of course, they're most despised for obvious reasons in L.A., but pretty much everywhere they go, they are the villains of baseball until further notice. And I expect when fans do finally get back in the ballpark, uh, we'll see that even more starkly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I must admit, I once upon a time, I, did co I was a feature sports writer many years ago, and I haven't really closely followed baseball like I used to, but... Uh, it's just it's fascinating about the, the Astros. I guess because I'm from Houston, I mean, who would have ever thought the Astros would have been on anybody's radar? Because like you said earlier, they were just horrible. And now they're, <laughs> they're the official team that every baseball fan loves to hate. Oh, geez. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's really been quite a decade for the Astros. They went kind of from laughingstock to this really likable underdog story that won the city's first World Series in 56 years in the season in which the city was slammed by Hurricane Harvey yes. uh, to the third phase, which is the one we're currently in. Uh, and a lot of my podcast is figuring out how that rise and fall happened. Well, is sign stealing still going on in baseball, you know, in the regular way or what? Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll never go away. Mm -hmm. You know, I would be surprised if teams were as blatant about it as they have been in recent years. I don't think anybody's doing anything close to what the Astros are doing, simply because the league has put in much, much stronger rules to stop it than they have in the past. You know, video use during games, which had really become widespread over the past decade or so, uh, significantly curtailed this year, their security presence. But the fact is that in any competitive environment, including baseball, organizations will always try to find the edge, and sometimes they'll go over it. Yeah, I think they really overdid it this time. But, okay, I got out two last questions here. Um, predictions for this year's World Series? Hmm. You know, I think when you look at the teams, the Dodgers have been the class of the league um, for the entire season. And I think they're going to be tough to beat. And look, we talked about how angry L.A. fans are. Maybe this will be the year in which they finally uh, get what they wanted for so long. And the Astros, what do you see them going? <laughs> well, look, I mean, they've already kind of exceeded expectations, right? Yeah. Up to nothing in their series against the A's. I have a hard time thinking that they have enough depth to actually make it back to the series, especially without Justin Verlander. I think it's going to be tough to string together enough pitching to get there, but uh, they certainly look rejuvenated so far. And lastly, what else um, 
can we expect uh, from your podcast series, The Edge, or any other topics coming up real soon, or what? You know, we're the first two episodes of The Edge came out today. There'll be four more after that, one each Wednesday into November. Uh, this is, as I said, this is really what I've been pouring myself into for the entire year. So I'm going to take a little breather after this and uh, see what's next. Well, Ben, you have done an outstanding job with your work with covering uh, the Astros and, and other, of course, sports as well. Uh, I'm really glad to hear about this new podcast, being a sports fan. I will definitely be tuning in. And uh, let's see if you're gonna, your, your new predictions about the, the Dodgers is going to come to pass. I really hope so. Thank you, Janet. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for giving me the time. Yeah, very nice talking to you as well. And congratulations on the launching of the new podcast. All right, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Ben, for sharing with us about uh, just giving us a preview about his new podcast, The Edge that you can find is airing right now. It's available right now, I should say. Apple Podcasts is where you can find it. And you can drop Ben a line at Ben Ryder, R-E-I-T-E-R. Let him know what you think of his podcast. Uh, hey, tell him you heard him right here with me on Film Festival Radio Show. And if you are a Dodger fan, <laughs> oh yeah, I know you have plenty to say about the, uh, the scandal of the Houston Astros 2017 World Series win. Uh, because that's what uh, these first set of uh, podcasts uh, on his show are exploring and getting into the meat, gristle, and bones of what happened, who, what, when, where, why, who did this, why did they do it? Of course they did it because they want to win, but really, did you have to go to that extreme? Okay, whatever you say. You know what? It's It, it makes, I just can't say this enough, it makes for good... Mm, what now it doesn't make for good sports it makes for good conversation because i think like ben and i were saying earlier we we needed some kind of villain because that the yankee boston the red Sox, that's that's okay but it's kind of kind of fading so now the astros are the new villains of mlb so yeah we got a villain here okay We'll see what happens as the World Series uh, looms even closer. And right now we're going to tune it out because we are out of time on this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. I want to thank both of my guests uh, for being with me on this edition of the show. And as always, I want to thank you guys for joining us as well. We're going to have some Halloween shows starting next Saturday. Oh my God, you don't want to miss it. We're going to have so much fun. We've got some really cool guests that have a Halloween theme going on in their lives. And I'll tell you more about it next Saturday. So have a great rest of the week and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Stop the glass and film festival radio.